Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Ayo! Ayo! Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goals to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. And we're in the playoffs, right? So if you're listening, you it's are crunch time. so close to winning those playoffs and winning your leagues. I am your host, Michelle. You can find me on Twitter at BallBlastEm, BallBlastEm. And I'm Kate. You could follow me on Twitter at FFBallBlast. And you may have noticed, I'm not Jake. I'm not Jake. My little, oh, I didn't do it as beautifully as Jake. Shout out to our, our co-host, Jake Trowbridge. Feeling under the weather. Feel better, buddy. I hope you kick it back into gear ahead of week 15 because we have some business to take care of. Yeah, we do. So he'll be back next week. I'm sure of it. But he's just he's feeling a little sick. So he needs some rest time. And we're going to give that to him. Uh, Jake he, is officially out with a yeah, hopefully like, non-COVID illness. I was going to say he's just like everyone else right now in the NFL. It's just like every time I look down on my phone, boom, another guy on the COVID list. Another guy. Another guy. Another one. Uh, so it, it does seem like not too many fantasy-relevant players are on that list as of yet. Can you knock on wood or something? But there's still a lot of players elsewhere among the league that would affect these players, like offensive linemen or defense that your players might be going up against. So definitely keep an eye out on you know which players end up coming back because they're able to get those negative tests and who's actually out. It's going to be a wild week. It is going to be a wild week, and so much of that depends on, like, a player's back vaccination status, and not all of that is disclosed, which, like, uh, some players are open about it, some players aren't, but not all of that information is available, so it makes it a lot more challenging to sort of go into this week with any expectations. I think whoever wins your Week 15 matchup is going to be the uh, roster that can put together a full roster. Hopefully you're not counting on anyone for the Browns because their entire team is apparently tested positive for COVID. Yeah. Uh, should we just jump into the news here? Yeah, let's do that. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. So let's just start off here because the poor Cleveland Browns, I mean, do they have any healthy players on offense? Like anyone that hasn't tested positive for COVID or on the COVID list for one reason or another, like it's Baker Mayfield, it's Jarvis Landry, it's Austin Hooper. It's like uh, almost all of their offensive linemen. Like what? I, I feel bad. They play on Saturday, so they're going to need to get some negative tests in here to get them back in time. Like, I, I guess Nick Chubb is not on the list. That's a good thing. But if he doesn't have, uh, a, like, an offensive line or, you know, if Baker Mayfield's not playing and it's Ke- Case Keenum, 
how confident do you really like how much confidence do you have in starting Nick Chubb? I, mean, I guess he should touch the ball a thousand times. He should touch the ball a thousand times. I tweeted out uh, today that I, I'm going to sign a petition for Nick Chubb to get eligibility at literally every position <laughs> in fantasy, maybe including defense, because uh, a number of defenders are also out in this contest. But, I mean, Nick Chubb, like I think this could be a really ugly game. It's it, a great matchup against the Raiders. It's a great matchup. I love the matchup. Um, but just a gross situation all the, all around. Uh, I mean, you know, Baker Mayfield absent, not the thing that scares me, but really their only healthy wide receiver is Donovan Peoples-Jones. Like, they don't even have Austin Hooper. David Njoku uh, still needs to clear protocols. Unclear if he'll be available. Like, big yikes. I mean, the Raiders are only going to have one offensive human to to look at the Browns. Oh, you mean the Raiders defense? Yeah. Yes. So that's the question here. Do you get cute and play the Raiders defense this week? If you need to pick up a defense? Hell no. <laughs> Why? Why not? Uh, I, I mean, this comes down, like, obviously they have upside because of the situation. Like that's where all of the upside with the boss. I always want to call them Oakland still. I just want to send them back to Cali guys. Yeah. Um, but it, like the only upside here is purely situational. And the issue is like, though I expect this to be a disaster, I still think the Browns are one of the best coached NFL teams in the, in the league. Um, and God, the Raiders defense is just so bad. Like for real, for real, so bad. Um, just not, not enough talent there. And I, I mean, no performances of 10 or more fantasy points in the last five games. Three of their last five games have resulted in negative fantasy points. Oof. And you just like really Nick Chubb is so good that he'll probably keep them, you know, somewhat in the game. I probably wouldn't get cute enough to play the Raiders, but someone imagine, that's a possibility. To imagine like week. garbage time if they can find anybody to throw I to. I mean, yeah, but who's Case Keenum? They might, doing garbage they might try. Time? I wouldn't like, be worried about garbage time because then, you know, you can't run it as much. I just would be worried about Nick Chubb still performing. That's all. Uh, but moving on, DeAndre Hopkins is, is expected to miss the rest of the regular season with a knee injury. If you drafted Hopkins this year, it's not been fun. Um, lots of games missed, but now you're not going to have him the rest of the year. So go figure out his replacement. Uh, James Conner, also for the Cardinals, he tweaked his ankle in the last game. Great game by him, by the way, at least in the receiving game. Uh, but he did not participate in practice on Wednesday. It's just he's day-to-day is what they say. He gets the Lions this week. Great matchup. But – uh, you do have Chase Edmonds, uh, who wasn't activated from the IR in week 14, but it sounds like he's going to be a, a go-to guy this week. You have the Lions on the other side of the ball missing playmakers. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, still not really certain to play for week 15. DeAndre Swift, uh, he didn't get into practice on Wednesday. So this could be a nice game script for the ground, and – I mean, if Chase Edmonds is healthy and making a return, maybe you lean on him a bit. Yeah, I still think it's a James Conner show as long as his ankles. If okay. he's healthy, but yeah. why push it? You're, you are in a playoff spot. Like DeAndre Hopkins, I think that's, um, it was a smart decision just to sit him. Obviously, they're still contending for, um, you know, the the number one seed in their division. 
Uh, there's still some some tiles to be shuffled around there, but you know, get DeAndre Hopkins healthy, get James Conner healthy. I think that's the way to go for this postseason, especially against the Lions. Like, if if you can't pull, like you gotta, you, you can't no, no. I will say I'm a little bit worried about DeAndre Swift. You just brought him up. He and Hawkinson are still not back at practice, and. Like, DeAndre Swift, is there a reason to bring him back? That's what I'm worried about. It's like, Lions, you're 110-1 and or 111-1. I don't even know your record at this point. But It's poo. It, like, it's the Cardinals they get, and then it's the Falcons, which is really not a nice matchup for running backs. And then the Seahawks, who have been much better at stopping the run as of late. I guess with DeAndre Swift, you're hoping for those receptions anyways. But if he's not going to come back this week, like, I don't really get the whole point bring him back ever but you know the player is going to want to play so maybe maybe he is back but that makes me a little bit nervous it probably depends on like how obviously we you know we know this isn't a uh, very easy shoulder injury or else we would have seen him back already but I think it probably would depend if like how much more damage could he do to that shoulder if he's playing as opposed to is it just something he like a pain issue that he needs to work through yeah i mean and we saw delvin cook come back and he was completely fine after a shoulder injury if i completely fine you mean like i mean if record got to play against the steelers this week i would be pumped but that's not that's not the case uh darren waller is not practicing still he's looking like he's gonna miss yeah another game so if you've been holding on to him you still gotta go find that replacement tight end uh for this week because he plays on Saturday, too. So him not practicing on a Wednesday is much more concerning than a normal player. Austin Eckler is, you know, he li- practiced on a limited basis on Tuesday and Wednesday. They play Thursday night. So keep an eye on his status. But it's it's good that he got a couple practices in. They're going to test him out before the game and see, what's ha- see what is going to happen poppin'. with him. So, um, yeah, just keep an eye on that. Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders, and Jordan Howard all got in a limited practice on Wednesday for the Eagles. Miles Sanders was fun while he lasted. Yeah, with Jordan Howard back, that makes me nervous. Um, Miles Sanders finally had a good game last week, or I guess week 13 before their bye. And now he's going to have to split the field again, the backfield. Jalen Hurts, I have no idea if he's going to be back or if they're going to hold him for Gardner Minshew. This is a massive game. They're in playoff contention, like easily, they beat Washington and they could be the seventh seed. Uh, so this is a huge game. So if Jalen Hurts can go, he might be out there. But I, I don't know. It's a high ankle sprain, and Jalen Hurts' best asset is his legs. That seems a little worrisome to me. You know what's pretty crazy? Huh? Uh, like Miles Sanders. We know how disappointing he's been, but like finally saw a 100-yard rushing game, his first of the season last week. Then he has to go back into the cave, but he has not scored a single touchdown this season. Really? Not a single touchdown. Wow. And he has touched the ball 135 times, which is like nothing, but just absolutely crazy. Wow. That is crazy. Yeah. Miles Sanders has been not a great pick so far, but he's doing everything he can. Like he's averaging... 5.2 yards per carry. He looks really good. It's just he's dealt with injuries, and when he is on the field, they won't feed him. Yeah, he's dealing with buttheads. Buttheads. Elijah Mitchell still not back at practice. Concussion (laughs) knee. Who knows what's going on with him? I don't feel great about it. Uh, But still concussion protocol seems kind of crazy to me. 
uh, yeah, to not be progressing there is a little concerning. Um, and you don't really know how much of that is the concussion versus the knee. Um, so definitely something to keep an eye on it. But like the concussion part, if he clears protocol, he's good to go. Yep. And then lastly, Michael Carter is back from IR. Should play in week 15 versus Miami. How are you feeling about Carter? Would you plug him right back into your lineup this week? Um, You know, he was really good with Mike White because all Mike White wanted to do was pass to the running back position. Is he going to be really good with Zach Wilson? Probably not, in my opinion. Probably not, but... Um, he was touching the ball plenty, uh, just leading up to his injury. Um, yeah, I think you have to play Like, I don't know what position you could possibly be in this week where you're like, oh, Michael Carter, no thank you. Yeah. Because uh, if that's the case, give me your team. <laughs> uh, and congratulations on your fantasy championship. Um, I think Michael Carter is a solid play in PPR formats. I mean... You're right. The The question is how many of those targets will come from Zach Wilson? We don't know. But uh, even in the, the first part of the season, he was seeing three targets like every single week. Yeah. He got six targets with Wilson in week 10 yeah. uh, before getting injured. So he could be utilized. And they have no wide receivers right now. So, yeah, he's still a playable guy. For sure. All right, so we're going to change things up this week a little bit. Normally, we do scrumptious starts of the week. But with the playoffs, we wanted to, you know, get a, dig a little bit deeper um, into these bigger-named guys that we don't always get to talk about because we try to stay away f- from them in scrumptious starts. But we're going to do a segment called Trust or Bust in your fantasy football playoffs. And it's these guys that you've been plugging in every week. And it's like, do I keep trusting them in these massive, massive matchups? Because if you, you know, if they suck and you lose, that's it for your fantasy uh, season. So like, do you trust them the rest of the year? We're going to go through those guys. And then there's one guy in there that's a recent breakout. And we're going to talk about if we trust him the rest of the year. Yeah. All of these people that maybe you um, wouldn't question on a normal week these are the guys you're actually going to have questions about because, like, you know you know which matchups are delicious this week. You know which matchups are scrumptious by this point. But it's like putting the start your studs to the ultimate test. Yeah. All right. So let's start it off here. The first one. And this one hurts because it's our – it's Daddy. Daddy Metcalf. Oh. DK Metcalf. You know, it's been a while since he's done anything, I feel like. And God. I just, I, I have him, right? Like, I just keep plugging him in, plugging him in, plugging So you do in. keep playing him. I do. But the question is, do we keep playing him now that we're in our playoffs? I just wanted to mention that my start of the week, Tyler Lockett, last week, yeah. did, did fantastically. Mine did too, is T. Higgins, and he had a fantastic week as well. Well, mine's better. Well, I mean, yours was better. But let's talk about DK Metcalf. Wide receiver 33 since week 10. Um, He hasn't been doing much of anything. He's had over 43 receiving yards just one time in the last six weeks. Over 43 receiving yards just one time in the last six weeks. And that game was 60 yards. So it wasn't even like... It was very much of anything. He hasn't scored a receiving touchdown in uh, the last five weeks. How can, how do we keep playing him? And he's dealing with injuries. He's missing practices. 
it's hard to sit a guy that can score 30, 30 points in any given week because he's a monster. It's just, it's, it's hard. They get the Rams, the Bears, and the Lions. If Ramsey's on Metcalf, don't like uh, that either. Ramsey's on the COVID list. Yeah. Well, so worth back. monitoring. Yeah. Um, but DK Metcalf this season, he has performed as a wide receiver three or worse in 62% of his games. Like not a single wide receiver one performance since week eight. Hasn't even exceeded 11 points since week eight. Like he's not just uh, not breaking out for you. He's actively hurting your lineup at this point. So would you go with a guy like Van Jefferson, who's very risky, but he's been scoring touchdowns. He's been utilized. OBJ is now on the COVID list, so you could get a week there where he gets more targets. He doesn't have the same upside to me as a DK Metcalf. But he does have a safer floor, I think. Um, Van Jefferson, he's obviously not uh, not a huge superstar, but like looking back to week eight, uh, guess what? He's, he's a... Uh, 12 points, 7 points, 8 points, not great. 18 points, 16 points, 15 points. He's actually been having the same Those are with floor. touchdowns. So you're going to have to keep yeah. trusting and get the touchdown because take away those touchdowns like you did. Like DK Metcalf hasn't scored any touchdowns. So then you're looking at Van Jefferson's 12. But 10, even, if, even if DK Metcalf scored touchdowns in those outings, he wouldn't have done much better than Van Jefferson here. So like, yeah. I think I, I don't know if I can get cute enough to sit DK Metcalf for Van Jefferson. Um, but these are questions I'm asking because, like, if we're going to tell people they have to sit DK Metcalf, you have to give them someone that could reasonably, you know, like they're not – obviously you're going to play another great player over DK, um, but these type of fringe players where you never know whether to start them or not, maybe they make your lineup instead of DK. Maybe like a Darnell Mooney. Would you feel good about him over DK? I don't feel like super great about it. Um, but again, I think like similar to Van Jefferson, I think his floor seems to be a little bit safer right now, which is kind of crazy. Besides but I, the 2.9 points last week. That was like a very, very bad game. But uh, I'm going to talk about Darnell Mooney in a little bit. Okay. So not Darnell, or like, I think I might go with Darnell Mooney I'd over go DK. With yep. Um, let's do one more here. Um, let's go with Christian Kirk. Now that DeAndre Hopkins is going to miss time. Christian Kirk was that dude when Hopkins was out the first time. The issue was Murray was out for a while of that too. So is it just like, is Christian Kirk like Colt McCoy's dude? Or is he going to see those targets without without Hopkins there? Uh, I think that's a really interesting question. And I think... um, if I'm in a full PPR league, I'd probably feel safer with Christian Kirk right now. Okay. I'm really low on DK Metcalf. Apparently. And um, all of these rankings uh, show you exactly how low I am. All right. I feel you. I'm still playing him, but it doesn't feel good. Let's go to another guy, Marquise Hollywood Brown. He started off. He started off so hot. I mean, at one point, deep into the season, like through week nine, he was a top eight wide receiver in fantasy. Like, he was doing so well. But then since then, he's not doing really much of anything. The last four games that he's played, nine points, 13 points, 10, and nine. And this is in full PPR. 
he's still getting the targets. That's what's kind of driving me crazy. Like, listen to these targets over the last six weeks. 14, 12, 13, 10, 7, and 8. He's getting the targets he needs. He's just not getting any yards off of those targets. Uh, his completion percentage is very low. And then 37, 51, 55, and 41 receiving yards is coming from all of those targets. And he's not scoring touchdowns like he was at the beginning of the year. He hasn't scored a touchdown in his last five games. It's, it, it's hard to trust him right now. Lamar Jackson is hurt with his ankle. So it would be the backup, Tyler Huntley, if he, you know, if he has to play. I guess Lamar's injury could be a good thing for Hollywood Brown because that means Lamar would have to throw more instead of running it, but it's been brutal. I mean, this is a guy that's not doing really anything for you at all. He gets the Packers, the Bengals, and the Rams. They're middle of the pack defenses against the pass, so it's not like something you have to stay away from, but there's no matchup in here that you're like, ooh, I love that. No, but I do think – so. Like, I think some of this is a product, like, this offense, I feel like, has just been kind of all over the place. And I think you've seen a little bit of that with Marquise Brown and these inconsistencies. Like, uh, they started the season a little bit hotter. Like, and by started the season hotter, I mean, um, they were more consistently scoring in, like, the fourth quarter and second half in the first season. Well, this team just doesn't know how to lose. Like, I thought they were going to come back against the Browns last week with the onside kick. And I was like, they are the worst good team in the AFC. Like, Oh, easily without a doubt. But I'm not saying they're worse than the Steelers. Don't hear. Yeah. yeah no. That's not what I'm saying, but somehow they're still the top seed in the AFC North. And it's like, God, they're so bad. They are so bad. Um, I think in a full PPR format, I'm going to have a hard time sitting Marquise Brown just due to the expected target share. What if it's Tyler Huntley against the Packers, you know, Jair Alexander's back. Like what if he, I don't know. It makes me nervous. The Packers have like a weirdly okay defense, like a pretty solid one. A weird, but they're, they're okay. They did allow a, a couple really big plays to Justin Fields. Um, and like the most random of players. So. They just didn't come to Darnell Mooney. They, but cause they were actually covering the players they were worried about. And then not covering like the most random players on the Bears because they're like, yeah, they're not, you know, they're not going to do anything. They somehow well, did. But I mean, maybe this is uh, sort of like something we're seeing. We've seen uh, Rashad Bateman come on a little bit more recently, so they're getting him more involved. Um, I think the defense is going to have to be uh, cognizant of Rashad Bateman at this point in the season. I mean, he's been yeah, he's been like a ghost out there. But last week, once Huntley came in, he did, you know, start getting seeing targets. Bateman, I feel better about if Lamar's not playing. For some reason, Lamar's not even looking Bateman's way. Because in week 13, in an amazing matchup against the Steelers, he had zero receptions and only one target. So, and then you come back in week 14, yeah, he has a really good game, seven receptions, 103 yards. But he was, like, I was watching for him because I needed him in fantasy. He was doing absolutely nothing, nothing at all until Lamar... Um, got out of the game but it's worth noting in weeks uh, 12 and 13 he didn't play even more than 50 percent of offensive snaps I'm not quite sure why Um, but like he's been getting targets when he's actually on the field which I I'm all for Um, I I'm playing Marquise Brown they he's only had one game where he has played without Lamar Jackson uh, over the last two seasons and in that game he had 
eight targets, four catches, 85 yards, and a touchdown. Okay. So Marquise Brown or DK Metcalf? Marquise Brown. Easily. Yeah. I'm still with go with Brown here. Easily. So. All right. Let's move on. We're going to go with a guy that has not helped you at all. Now the here's last, like, a guy. Yeah, uh, Has not helped you at all for the last like three seasons if you had him, but finally finally broke out last week seems like he's healthy let's like knock on wood here healthy for about five seconds uh it's rashad penny um one of ball blast favorites i love this dude dating way back uh he had a monster game last week it was against the texans very easy rush defense but 16 carries 137 yards two touchdowns he killed it so do we trust that he's going – obviously, he's not going to keep putting up 26 fantasy points each of these next three weeks for the fantasy playoffs, but do we trust him? Are you plugging him in in a massive matchup this week when Penny, in general, has been a disaster for fantasy? Absolutely, I do. Yeah? Absolutely. Or is this even a question? I want to shout you out. Uh, so actually, we both pulled this stat, um, which I'm kind of like – amazed that we both pulled the same stat i feel like a superstar because i pulled the same stat (laughs) as an nfl researcher so um i guess i'm a researcher now you could just join the team i guess i'll join the team um but uh when rashad penny actually like just wanted to see what he was doing when he had work uh in games where he has had 12 or more rush attempts he has never had fewer than 15 fantasy points uh, he's, he's actually had never had fewer than 16.8. That's fair. Um, he has had 100 rushing yards in three out of those four games where he's seen 12 or more rushing attempts. And he has scored at least one touchdown in every single one of those outings. Uh, like It's only been four games, to be clear. He has four career games four career with 12-plus carries. Uh, but it's been it's been really beautiful when he does. He's <laughs> averaging nine yards per carry, nine point two yards per carry, eight point six yards per carry. In the one game that's like his worst, it was fifteen carries for seventy four yards, nearly five yards a carry, and a touchdown. Uh, and then in that same game, he had five targets, four receptions, thirty three receiving yards. Um, I think you absolutely roll with Rashad Penny. He's healthy and out there and getting touches. Like he's a really really talented running back. Like don't forget, he was drafted in the first round. Uh, it hasn't worked out due to the terrible knee injury. But, yeah, I mean, you got to keep playing him at this point because there's no Alex Collins. Seattle wants a dude. They want a dude they can rely on to be out there. It's not Alex Collins. Like, he's not a good player. So I, I think they want Penny to be their guy. It just comes down to can his body hold up if they give him 16 to 20 carries in the next few games. I mean, the schedule's not horrible either. You've got the Rams, the Bears, the Lions – uh, the Rams, I feel like, sound like a scarier defense, but this year they've been pretty much middle of the pack against running backs in terms of fantasy points allowed. But uh, let's just remember, James Conner is coming off a nearly 30-point performance against the Card- or against the Rams this week. I think there's going to be plenty of room for Rashad Penny. Um, I, I just think you, you lock him in. I think he is going to see the lion's share of the, the rush attempts in this offense. Yep. I agree. I'm pumped for Penny. So I want to... <gasps> hashtag pump for Penny. Hashtag pump for Penny. Love so it. I wanted to discuss this next guy because I was wondering if you would get ballsy enough to play Penny over Antonio Gibson, which I don't know if I'm there yet, but let's talk it through, okay? So last week, he gets 10 carries for 36 yards, 
3.6 yards per carry, zero touchdowns. He scores four fantasy points because dude can't stop fumbling. I don't know what's wrong with him. Stop fumbling the ball, Antonio Gibson. Hold on to the ball. Put glue on your hands. Do something. But you need to do something about those fumblies. He's actually been really, really good as of late um, in fantasy. No, no, no. He, yeah, he's been getting volume. Yes. That is the – like, he has been incredibly inefficient. Um, he's – 29 Not. carries for 111 yards, 3.8 yards per carry. And week, that was week 12. And week 13, 3.8 yards per carry. In week 14, 3.6 yards per carry. He's going to need to still be targeted in that offense, which last week we saw go down to only two targets. He hasn't gotten into the end zone uh, since week 10. That's huge for Gibson as well. I am a little bit nervous about him, but he has scored over 20 fantasy points in three of the last five weeks. And that's all we care about, right? I don't care about your efficiency. I want you to score fantasy points. But then in the two games that he didn't, it was four points and seven points. So it is like he is so boomer bust. There's not a lot of middle ground because like almost all season long, it's been like he's either going to score 20 points or he, I mean, he's had multiple games with four points, seven points, eight points. He's either really helping you or he's really hurting you. Yeah. And that's what sucks. But what's up with his usage last week? I mean, I know they fell down to Dallas quite quickly, but then their ending schedule, it's the Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles. Now the Eagles are a friendly run defense, so I guess I don't hate that. Um, And I do expect them to run a lot if uh, Taylor Heineke, you know, is banged up. So I still think I stick with Gibson over Penny, but it's close. I mean, I actually, I don't, I like the matchups better for Penny, I think. Um, Antonio Gibson gets the Eagles, Cowboys, Eagles. Um, The Eagles have actually been pretty strong against opposing fantasy running backs for um, like the entire second half of the season, really. They haven't had a ton of competition, but even held Austin Eckler 17 carries for 59 yards, only three receptions for 23 yards. So even a, a, a running back that I just generally feel is um, one of the more efficient running backs in the league uh, kept kept him uh, pretty suppressed. Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, uh, com- which one of the best duos, uh, running back duos in the NFL right now, combined for just over 90 yards on the ground. And this is a, a backfield that is very capable of scoring fantasy points. I don't like this matchup at all. I, I, I'm... Yeah, Rashad may, Penny over. You may have changed my mind. My biggest issue is now I've, I've, you know, I've fallen for Penny so many times, and he always gets injured. That's my biggest issue. We're gonna have the same issue in four years when Zach Moss breaks out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, let's move on. Antonio Gibson is someone I am a little bit worried about for the rest of the season, but you know the running back landscape is so gross. So if you have both Penny and Gibson, you might be playing them both. But if you have to choose, it's gonna be a tough one. Um, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what I would do there. Kyle what and... is, what's, your, what's your brother say? Scared money don't make money. Yeah, scared money don't make money. And so, all right, so that's a, that penny life. Let's hey, go. with pennies. <gasps> scared money don't make I money. I mean, I, I guess you're the not Rashad making penny, penny. Yeah. <laughs> The Rashad Penny fantasy breakdown. Yes. All right, let's move on to is another guy. Is that the guy. title of today's episode? <laughs> Apparently. Let's move on to Dak Prescott. Uh, I don't want to. He's killing me. He's killing me. He tried to keep me out of the fantasy playoffs. He really did. 11 points in week 13, only 9.9 points in week 14. Um, it has not been pretty for Dak Prescott. I don't know what's going on with him. 
you know, against in the Kansas City game, that was four weeks ago. So now he's scored under 12 fantasy points in three of the last four weeks. He only scored two fantasy points against the Chiefs in week 11. He didn't have his wide receivers for most of that game. So I was like, you know what? I'll give you a break. But now, I mean, he has all of his players, and he has some really good players. I mean, you have Amari Cooper, you have CeeDee Lamb, you have Michael Gallup, you have Dalton Schultz, you have Zeke Elliott. Like, what's going on, Dak? Why are you not scoring fantasy points? He gets the Giants, Washington, and the Cardinals. I actually really like all of those matchups. Really nice matchups for him. They are divisional for those first two, which makes me a little bit more nervous. And I guess Washington did just keep him to under 10 points. What's going on with Dak? Um, so I actually saw a pretty interesting tweet. Um, this came from John Owning, but apparently at John Owning, but apparently the stat is from Ian Harditz of PFF. Uh, Dak Prescott's uh, just overall stats before he had this calf injury and after. So before um, he had a absolutely fantastic passing grade, uh, 87.6 and PFF passing grade. 16 touchdowns, four interceptions, 8.4 yards per pass attempt, and a 73% completion rate since his calf injury. Uh, much lower PFF passing grade, 67. Uh, he's had eight touchdowns, six interceptions, 6.6 yards per attempt, and completing 63% of his passes. Um, he's essentially cutting all of his stats like almost in half uh, in terms of efficiency. Um, do you, like, is there anything to this? I, like, I can't really think of anything to attribute, um, this offense, like the change, other changes in the offense other than Dak Prescott before and after injury. I can't think of any big differences like Ezekiel Elliott. He's kind of been banged up this whole time. He hasn't been overly efficient period. Yeah. Um, their but, offensive line has been struggling I don't know. Like I like when I'm watching Dak, I don't I'm just like what is going on? Like normally you hit those or like figure out a way to complete a pass. I just feel like that offense is just falling apart. And I I am a little bit worried, but I mean, there's not a lot of options out there, right? Like maybe you picked up Taysom Hill before he came back, and you might be thinking about should I play Taysom Hill over Dak? Taysom Hill has scored 20 fantasy points and 26 fantasy points in his two starts. Now, he hasn't been good. Don't get me wrong. Like, he doesn't look good out there. But his rushing rushing is a cheat code in fantasy, and it is what it is. You can hate it. You can love it. You can change your fantasy scoring if you hate it that much. Yes, but for now, you know, Taysom Hill scoring fantasy points. He gets the Buccaneers, Miami, and the Panthers. I don't love those three matchups. I don't. And if you lose in your fantasy playoffs because you've put in Taysom Hill over Dak Prescott, I think I would find the nearest cliff. Oh, yes. Or <laughs> bridge like, if you're in Pittsburgh right now. Yeah. Um, in Dak's last game against the Giants, uh, 302 passing yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, but that was when he was on his his big streak there. Um, it, it's, it's so hard. It's so freaking hard because I, I think we just really don't know uh, what to expect, but even, I mean, it, his game against Washington this week, those are his matchups, uh, Giants, Washington, Cardinals, um, and even the Cardinals have been just pretty solid all around. I They did just let Matthew Stafford destroy them. Uh, 
yeah, but Matthew Stafford is also, um, I guess he hasn't been playing super well, but I, I'm just worried about Dak, but I can't decide where the cutoff is for Dak Prescott. So can you help me find the over under and where I'm starting him? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I just brought up Taysom Hill. So I'm, I'm still going to start Dak over Hill, even though Hill is just like super safe with that rushing ability. But I do think like the Buccaneers, they're a good rush defense. So maybe they'll figure out a way to stop Taysom Hill. I, I don't know if I can actually start Hill over Prescott, but it, it is an option. But then after that, like I'm not I'm not gonna get cute with Joe Burrow because he's been up and down as well. I you know Kirk Cousins I don't like I just don't want to start him. I'm not starting Carr. I'm not starting Wentz. I'm not starting Tannehill. Like so it, it just comes down to it, it's Dak right. You got to play him, but it, the question is will he get back on track? And I do like his matchups, and I think he can get back on track to win you a, a league. Okay. That, I mean, we know the upsides there, and I don't think any of these defenses are, like, daunting. So, yeah. All right. And then one more before we get into our favorite flex play of the week. Um, one guy we want to talk about, Devonta Smith, right? He gets three nice matchups, Washington, Giants, and Washington. The issue is he has had two terrible, terrible weeks back-to-back before the bye. Four points and three points. Four targets in each of those games ended in 22 yards and 15 yards. Uh, Devonta Smith is someone I don't want to play. I don't want him in my lineup. He does not score a whole lot of touchdowns. He's only scored four all season long, and two of them came in one game. He has not scored a touchdown in the last three games. I really don't want to mess with Smith. I, I understand the ceiling is there, but he hasn't had more than six targets in a game since week seven. So it's not even like he's not even being a target hog at this point. You would think he would be because there's no one else in that offense, really, besides Dallas Goddard. But they're running, 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 running. And against teams like Washington Giants and Washington, I'm not sure that they can't just keep running, right? Like you would expect these to be closer games. The other offenses don't scare me with Taylor Heineke banged up now. Daniel Jones is banged up and I just I, I don't think they're going to put up that many points. So I just think the Eagles are going to be able to keep running the ball, and I don't want to start, start Smith. I'm not saying he can't have a big game. I just don't, I don't want to risk it. Yeah, and I like I I think that Devonta Smith is like one of the hardest guys to assess right now because he does have probably one of the best strengths of schedules among any uh, wide receiver. But so Washington. To date, they are giving up the third most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. It's not like they're giving up a ton of yardage. They're giving up touchdowns to wide receivers. So does that make you feel better about Devonta Smith or no? I don't know. I just really think they just, all the Eagles want to do is run. So I think that's really what it's going to come down to. And what is the ceiling for Smith? I think I, I feel like his ceiling is like 15 points. I don't really want to risk getting four points in my lineup for 15 points, you know? Uh, Hunter Renfro or Devonta Smith? Hunter Renfro, 100%. What do you mean? Renfro's okay. been a fire. I know. I just, I wanted to hear you say it. Oh my God. Yeah. Renfro's a must start. I agree. A must start. I agree. All right. That's it for our trust or bust. 
uh, for your fantasy football playoffs. If you have any of these guys, it's stressful right now because they have been sucking. Or, you know, if it's Rashad Penny, it's been super exciting that last week. But now it's a little nerve-wracking to plug them in. We get it. It's rough. Let us know who you trust or who's going to bust. But let's get into our favorite flex play of the week. We're each going to name our favorite flex and our favorite sleeper of the week. A little bit different than our normal scrumptious start. Um, Again, no Jake here. So we're just going to give one player each of us. Uh, My first guy, we'll just say right here, Michael Gallup. Versus the Giants. The Giants are giving up the fourth most fantasy points to the wide receiver position this year. And guess what? What? Michael Gallup is pretty much the wide receiver one on the Cowboys right now. Like, we are are all playing Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb without blinking, right? They've disappointed us plenty of times, but we keep plugging them in because they're in a good offense and they're getting targets and, you know, they can go off in any single game. So if we're going to play them, you need to be playing Michael Gallup. Since he's come back from injury... I'm not going to count week 10 because that was his first game back. You don't have to count their first game back. That's my rules. But for the last four games, Michael Gallup leads the Cowboys in targets by a lot. 36 targets. Now, we did have CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper miss. CeeDee Lamb missed a game. Amari Cooper missed two. But Gallup is still averaging nine targets per game, which is tied with CeeDee Lamb for the most targets per game. Like, he is Dak Prescott's dude when he's out there like since he's come back from injury he's actually one of one guy that's actually scored a touchdown for the cowboys as as of late you have dalton schultz with one touchdown amari cooper with one touchdown and gallup with one touchdown those are the only three receiving touchdowns uh from those last four weeks like it's been rough out there but i do think gallup has that high upside and in this matchup i'm not sitting him he's he's one of my favorite plays this week I actually, I like that. Um, Like, not only is he leading the team in targets, leading the team in receptions in that span, receiving yards by, like, a long mile. Yeah. Um, Over the last, uh, since week 11, 246 receiving yards. No other wide receiver, including uh, CeeDee Lamb. And people will say, well, they miss games, but still Gallup is averaging 61.5 receiving yards per game in that span. Lamb's only averaging 54.7. Yeah. And Amari Cooper, 46.0 in his two games. So it's like, he's he's the number one guy there right now. More and yards per reception. He doesn't have the same upside as a CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper, but he's been very consistent as of late. Uh, 16 points, 15 points, 11 points. Like I'm happy with him as my wide receiver, too, or in a flex spot. I think in, in this matchup, I just, I'm very excited for him. Michael Gallup or DK Metcalf? Michael Gallup, easily. Okay. I, you know, after this episode, DK Metcalf is going to go off for 200 yards and three touchdowns because that is in his realm of possibilities. It's just, um, yeah, Michael Gallup feels safer to me. Who's your favorite flex of the week? All right. I'm going with Darnell Mooney, who came off a big pile of poo yeah. last week. Two big piles of poo. Uh, yes. Uh, a couple of poos. Leave me alone. Um, but... Since they're like since they're by, he's actually just been performing super well. Uh, since they're by, he's had two two games of a hundred plus receiving yards. Has had five catches in three of his last four matchups. Um, I think he's a relatively safe PPR play. You had Justin Fields returning from injury last week, uh, and you just had the weirdest game I've ever watched in my entire lifetime. <laughs> like that was just the most bizarre game. Um, but Darnell Mooney, uh, he was he was held in check. Um, 
but I think the Vikings are going to be the perfect cure-all this week. They are the only team to allow five different receivers, 100 or more receiving yards since week eight. The Vikings can stop nothing through the air, literally nothing. Um, I just think this is going to be a great spot. And you're like, he's been a guy that's had pretty safe upside. Uh, he's had pretty high upside, not the safest floor. Um, but I do think that floor is going to be much safer against this horrific Vikings defense. Yeah. They've allowed five different receivers that have 100-plus receiving yards since week eight. That's the most in the league. Love that for Darnell Mooney. He is one of those guys that I feel like I keep feeling confident in plugging in, and he's sucking. Um, but, yeah, this matchup is too delicious as well. Now, if you had to choose then Michael Gallup or Darnell Mooney, who are you going with? I think I stick um, with Gallup. Ooh. ooh. I like Gallup. I, I um, haven't completed my rankings for week 15, but I have a feeling that both of these guys will be extremely close to one another. Um, I, I would feel really comfortable flexing either of them, okay. honestly. Well, let's go to our sleepers of the week. My guy is Russell Gage for the Falcons against the 49ers. It's going to be a lot of the same reasons as last week. If you listen to the podcast, my scrumptious start of the week at wide receiver was T Higgins versus the 49ers. And the big reason for that, A, he's been on fire. So, you know, that was easy there. But then also the 49ers secondary is just so banged up right now and so atrocious. And the only reason, you know, they don't have the yards against them is because of how many defensive penalties they have and just holding and DPIs. So, as soon as there's any wide receiver I can trust at all going up against the secondary, I'm going to take it because they're down so many men. Josh Norman is just the worst cornerback, and I love seeing him suck. I don't know why. I'm sorry if you're related to Josh Norman because I feel like I'm always you know, dissing him, but I, I can't with his face. But Russell Gage, he's apparently Matt Ryan's guy. Like, he's been that guy for the Falcons as of late. Poor Matt Ryan. With Ridley out. <laughs> with, I know, it does suck because Russell Gage is not talented enough to be a wide receiver one, but he's been forced into this situation. You know, with Calvin Ridley out and the team's defense is figuring out how to stop Kyle Pitts, it's, it's had to go to Russell Gage. In the last four weeks, he's had eight targets, seven targets, 12 targets, six targets. He's been pretty safe. I mean, it hasn't been the highest of ceilings, 10 points, 18 points, 22 points, which is a really nice game for him, and 10 points again. But in this matchup, I think he's going to be open plenty of times. It's all going to come down to if the Falcons' offensive line can hold up and not let Nick Bosa just destroy them all game. But he's going to be open. He's going to have chances to you know, hit a long one, to score some touchdowns. So I, I like Russell Gage in this matchup. If you need a player to plug in with, you know, there's been a lot of injuries, there's been COVID issues, you might need to pick up a Russell Gage and play him. And I think this is one of the better options out there. Yeah, I I like this. I don't feel as good about it. Now, I like I'm still playing DK Metcalf over Gage. I'm not getting that crazy. Um but this is more just, you know, desperation play. I, I think he's a safer PPR guy. Okay, I've got another PPR guy for you. I'm going with Cole Beasley, who's been kind of disappointing lately. Uh not not been in like well, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But just in general, um, in life and fantasy, 
across the board kind of disappointing. Um, but he is coming off a fantastic outing. It's his, uh, it, Last week was his fifth game of 11 or more targets this season. Emmanuel Sanders suffered a knee injury. It sounds like he's set to be out for week 15. Um, the Bills don't expect him to be active uh, at this point in the week, and it's only Wednesday. So I have to imagine that that's not a fantastic sign for his availability. Uh, but last week he played 81% of offensive snaps, which um, he he hasn't been playing that high of volume of snaps uh, just with Sanders on the field more. In weeks 10 through 13, that's a two-game sample. He ran a total of 59 routes. Last week ran 54 all on its own uh, with Emmanuel Sanders off the field. I just think this will be a nice, uh, nice PPR play. But um, just looking at the matchup, they get the Panthers this week, and they don't really have a great slot corner at this point. Looking at what they've given up in the slot, AJ Boye has taken the the bulk of snaps for the Carolina Panthers, uh, and he's been one of the worst in terms of uh, how many snaps it takes for each opposing wide receiver to get a reception against him. Um, literally one of the worst among all cornerbacks in the NFL. Uh, I, I think this could be just a nice PPR play, but Emmanuel Sanders is really going to open up, I think, a lot of yeah, a lot of opportunity for him. Yeah, 100%. Gabriel Davis is someone to look at in really, really deep leagues, but I don't love this matchup for him. Like you said, I like it more out of the slot. Panthers are a pretty good pass defense. I mean, like, the best in the league or second best or up there. Um, so it's a little bit worrisome of a matchup, but they can't run. It's not like they could be like, oh, we're not going to pass because of a hard matchup. matchup. We're going to run more. Like they don't have a running back they trust whatsoever. So uh, yeah, I think this could be a nice PPR game for Cole Beasley for sure. All right, before we end here, you know, defense is important. You need a good fantasy defense in your lineup to win your playoffs. And you might be struggling in that area. You might be trying to find a team with good matchups, you know, to kind of get that advantage. So let's bring up one defense we're looking at here that you can possibly pick up off of waivers or if you already have them, congrats. Um, my guy or my team, it's the Eagles. Do you just want one guy on the yeah, Eagles defense? Yeah, one, just one guy. Darius Slay, that's all I need. No, but the Eagles defense, I'm going to take them for the – fantasy playoffs if I'm looking for someone, right? Like if you already have a defense that you trust, that's been performing well, uh, that you haven't had to worry about all year, keep them in. I'm not saying you can't keep them in, but if you're looking for someone, the Eagles defense, they get Washington, Giants, Washington. And I've already brought up this a few times, but you have Taylor Heineke still banged up. You have Kyle Allen uh, for them, their backup quarterback. He's on the COVID list. So it's like, I don't even know who their quarterback might be this week if Heineke can't go, even though it's looking like he's trending up. But Still, I, I like these matchups for them. And they've been scoring fantasy points the last few weeks. Like, um, And they've been scoring fantasy points lately uh, since week 10. 14 points, 11 points, 6 points, 6 points. So they've been a pretty good fantasy defense. Not like in the beginning of the year, it was really rough. But uh, they're getting better. And I just think these matchups are really nice ones. And they should have some good performances. It's, it's a little bit scary. Uh, so again, if you already have a good defense in your lineup, don't switch things up. Just one if you, you know, if you need someone. Okay. Uh, don't hate that, but I like mine better. Okay. Um, so I, my, I'm going to give you kind of a twofer, but uh, 
The second one is just going to be an insurance policy. Um, so I want to shout out the Dolphins defense, second highest scoring defensive unit since week nine um, against Houston, 18 points against the Ravens, 17 points against the Jets, four points, Panthers, 25 points and Giants, 10 points. They've made the most of all of these opportunities that they've had and even capitalized against uh, Lamar Jackson uh, in the Baltimore Ravens, which, um, which hasn't not, been hard. it hasn't been hard as hard as usual, but still. Uh, they're coming off a bye. They're uh, well-rested. Now they get the Jets, the Saints, um, who have plenty of all of their struggles uh, on their own. Like, just going into the season, this, Dol- uh, this Dolphins defense ranks 10th in takeaways, 7th in most fumbles force. I, like, I think there's going to be lots of opportunities for turnovers. The only scary-ish matchup uh, comes in week 17 which is probably um your your fantasy championship mm-hmm. if you're playing fantasy right um and that's where they face the titans but i'm gonna make the argument they're not as scary as they once were um the only issue is derrick henry could be back at that time i, I i'm i'm still skeptical of that but uh yes but without derrick henry this has not been the same offense um, they've scored 23 or fewer points in four out of the last five games since week eight, nine turnovers given up in the last three weeks. This is a beatable offense with the way they're playing. Um, you don't have AJ Brown, which he could be back by that point as well, but just something to keep an eye on. So if Derrick Henry is back and AJ Brown is back and you're not comfortable with that, shout out to the Colts defense who is available in almost 50% of ESPN leagues. They're the fourth highest scoring defense of the season. Um, so, like, that availability is shocking, but they're coming off a bye. They rank first in turnovers. Uh, like, they get the Raiders in Week 17, who, since their bye, they have been held to 16 or fewer points in five of the last six games. They've allowed two opposing defenses touchdowns. Derek Carr sucks, and that's my argument. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he does suck. But remember when uh, everyone said he was like, MVP MVP, level. MVP. MVP. Uh, He's not the MVP, but you're going to be the MVP of your fantasy football leagues because you're going to win. Let's take home a win. You're going to win this week, and then you're going to be back with us before week 16. And we'll be here to help you again with Jakey. Jakey will be back, hopefully. We need you back, Jake. Um, But, yeah, you're going to win. It's going to be awesome. If you have any additional questions before week uh, before you know, we hit this weekend. Hit us up on Twitter. You can find me, Michelle at Ballblastem, Ballblast em, and you can find me, Kate at FF Ballblast. And guys, if we helped you get to your fantasy football playoffs, and you haven't left us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast, please do. Helps others find the show. It helps us oodles and boodles. Um, but we are in the five star business. If you're so generous, so. Thank you all for listening. We will be back next week, and good luck this week. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye. (laughs) That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.